Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. There are uh, many things that the Lord is doing. Where are we going? And that can sound like, you know, a uh, kind of a vague question, but where are we going? Because what I'm, what I'm recognizing is that uh, I'm hearing this a lot. Well, you know, and, and you'll hear this a lot in uncertain times. The uncertainty of the days we live in. Well, Scripture says that, number one, we have been given a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The Bible says in the book of Luke, I ministered on this Wednesday night, he said uh, when I taught on what, what has your attention, and Jesus said that the man that dug deep, remember, and built his house on the rock, It said the flood came and the stream built, but here's what it says in Luke. It could not shake it. That sounds certain to me. That sounds certain to me. What brings certainty in uncertain seasons where the world is concerned is knowing where you're going and knowing how to get there. Knowing where you're going and knowing how to get there. Knowing that God's plan for you, for the ministry, for your life has not changed. Amen. Say it out loud. The plan of God God has not changed. changed. Amen. And uh, there's a lot going on uh, tonight in Little Rock. Pastor Caldwell's ministering uh, at the church. Uh, Yesterday afternoon, actually, he called me and uh, he he asked me if he could come minister. And of course, our, our pastor, our spiritual father, our pulpit's always open to him. And I said, of course. And he, here's what he said. I haven't heard it yet. I will hear it tonight. But I have, and so you'll need to go on the, the, the Little Rock feed. Is that how we do it, Ron? Go to the Little Rock feed? I, I guess I should ask Dave or Ron, but Dave's, Dave's, he's there. Amen. Hallelujah. Dave, Dave has to sit down. He sits down all th- or stands up all through praise and worship and, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody got a little too excited over that. Eh? Yeah. But so when he sits down during, during, during the sermon, I got, I got to look, but I can see him between the two computers. Amen. But, uh, uh, so, but you can go to the Little Rock feed and, 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 and watch it. Uh, but he said, the Lord has something that he wants me to say to the body of Christ, and I, and I want to say it to your church. And of, of course, that's fine. But then a friend of mine, I texted him actually to tell him about the meeting tonight. And uh, I told him, I was asking him, you know, I wanted to make him aware that pastor was coming. He, he's a spiritual son as well. And uh, he's a prophet of God. And uh, 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 a very solid prophet. And uh, long story short, he can't go because tonight's the night that he records his television ministry, his ministry. But he said something. He said that the Lord was dealing with him that the time we're living in 
is a pivotal moment in time. And that the last two quarters of this year will be significant for the church. The last two quarters are going to be significant. Now, where are we going? Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 and verse 3. Right up front, I'm going to tell you, we're going to deal a lot with vision tonight and deal with what God has asked us to do. Remember that vision orientates the activity of your life. Vision is what directs you. You know, you can have two good feet and have no vision, and you won't know how to go where you're going. As a matter of fact, generally, when you're walking down the street, you don't even pay attention to your feet. Your feet just go in the direction that you're seeing. Is that right or wrong? Right? And, and it's something that you don't, you don't even pay attention to. But you have what? You have vision. And because you have vision, that orientates the activity in your life. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 29, remember, without a vision, people perish or people run wild. Well, what does that mean? No vision, I don't know which way to go. I, I, I just run wild. All right, one translation says the people run naked. They cast off restraint. Why? Because there's no vision. Vision is parameters. When, when I can see where I'm going, when you're driving down the road, you have a line on this side and a line on this side. It means nothing to some of you all, but you have two lines, right? <laughs> but those lines are there to help you stay in your parameters, in your what? Your lane. Have you ever had a situation where it was raining so hard and maybe the lines had not been painted or they were dull and the rain combined with the light on the wet road, you couldn't see the line? What would you have to do? You had to slow down. Again, some of you did. You had to slow down. Why? Because my vision was impaired. When vision is impaired, if you don't slow down, you'll miss a turn, you'll overrun a turn, you'll get on the wrong road because I don't have a vision. Vision orientates the activity of your life. It determines what you're doing with your life in a natural sense. Your goals, your plans. When you have a set of written goals and you get up every day and you're working towards those goals and you have goals for the day and goals for the week and goals for the month and goals for the year, you're up every day and you're applying yourself to those goals. Those goals are vision. They have the ability to help you move towards something and, and people will say, I don't understand how that works. If you have nothing to move into, you won't ever cause the things in your life that will help you move into it to come to being. But when you've got a goal for something and you've got a vision, you can move into it. Amen? So Hebrews 11 and verse 3. Familiar passage of Scripture. You've only been hearing it for 22 years. But thank God we haven't changed. You know, I used to say before we would minister, I would say this. You should say it with me tonight. Repeat after me. Say, I'm about to hear the Word of God. I will apply it to my life. 
And it will change my life. And I will never, 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 never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 11.3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which, were, which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So the vision of our church, we know this, is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. He's added other components to that as we've grown, as we've aged. Vision doesn't change, it expands. Vision doesn't change, it expands. And, and, and that's what you've got to understand. Where we're going is going to be the same place we've always been headed because the visions never change. But make no mistake, we're going somewhere. The future is calling us. The future is beckoning us. The future is saying there are lives in the next six months, the next year, the next two years, the next five years that need what is being said in these churches. And there are people who have lost everything in their life and they're going to need somebody to help them rebuild the walls of their life. And they're going to come where their faith can be built and their world can be reframed. By the word of God. See vision doesn't change. It expands. Components are added. But vision never changes. He added components to it. Pastoring uh, 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 multiple campuses. Uh, He added things to it. That we picked up in the spirit. Producing life, city, state, nation, and world. Producing, raising up a spiritual production center. Producing life, city, state, nation, and world. He added television to the vision. Different things. He's adding more and more to the vision as we go along. But the core of it is build faith and frame worlds. So everything is done with that intention. The podcast, the things that God's asking us to do. We're, we're, we're recording now Pastor and Essentials one a week and putting them out there. Why? Because that's part of what God's asked me to do. He's told me to move into a Pastor and Essentials podcast and to just fill my calendar with putting information out there and putting things out there that are available to people, to pastors, to leaders, to church leaders, to say, look, we're not only going to get through this, we, we have already won, and we're coming out on the other side better than we went in. Amen? To change a vision is to change the direction that a church or a ministry is going. To change a vision is to change the direction. Hallelujah. In Acts 26, Acts 26, I'm excited, but it's a Holy Spirit expectancy. You know, very often over the years, you've heard the, 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 the quote from Esther where uh, Mordecai told Esther, he said, you know what, if you don't do anything, God may bring help from another source. He said, but how do you know that it wasn't God that brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this? And, and very often that is, that is, is put 
just on everybody's life. Well, everybody did come in the kingdom for a specific time. But understand something. Esther was there in, the, in that time, and she was planted in the house of the king to make a difference. Amen. The time is now. The season is now. The year is now. This is the year 2020, the year of double expectancy. Amen. So he said, remember I taught on that the first two weeks of January, and he said, if your expectancy is up, see that's part of your vision. What are you expecting? When, when, when a couple goes to the doctor and they're expecting a child and they do a sonogram, what are, they, what are they getting? A vision of that child. And what's it do? It makes it more real. It makes it more vital. It makes it more like right now, this is, this is really going to happen. Because I not only know the child is in there without seeing, I know the child's in there and I've seen the child, I have a vision. Whew. Acts 26, verse 14. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice saying unto me in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Is it hard for you to kick against the pricks or to go against your conscience? And I said, Who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus who you persecute. Rise, stand on your feet. I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness of these things which you've seen and the things which will appear unto you delivering you from the people, from the Gentiles unto whom I now send you, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by the faith that is in me. Whereupon, upon seeing this vision, remember I taught, for, I taught on this for 10 years at FBI my graduations. Staying with the heavenly vision. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Now Paul is referring to an actual vision of Jesus that he saw, but he's also referring to the vision for his life and ministry. I was not disobedient to do this. Right? Go into the Gentiles. Go into the Jews. Trying to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. He, he spent his life doing that. That is what orientated the direction of his life. That is what uh, denoted the activity of his ministry. Was this statement right here. And he said, I was not disobedient to that. The vision speaks. The vision declares. The vision directs. In, in years past, when, I, when I've spoken with my pastor, and I would have a moment to, to, to talk with him, or time to talk with him, and I would ask him questions, I can't tell you the number of times over the years he said to me, you preach the vision because the vision will speak. The vision will preach. When someone says, where are we going? The same place we've always been going. Nothing has changed. Except there are things that God's adding to it. There's components that God's adding to it. 
The, the things in the spirit realm, if you are spiritually sensitive, you feel the, you sense the tremors, you sense the anticipation in the spirit. It's, it's a Holy Spirit anticipation that not only are things according to the world going to get back to normal, there's something behind that normal that the world doesn't see that we can get a hold of. There's a, there's a tidal wave in the spirit that if you'll be spiritually sensitive, you'll see that thing's coming and everything we need is in the wave it's on the way to the body of Christ and it's going to crash on the body of Christ and you're going to see great change glory be to God but the vision declares when God tells you something your job is declare it what did God say then you declare what God said amen Habakkuk 2, and you know this, whenever someone preaches on vision, they got to go to Habakkuk. Because he says so many things here. Hallelujah. Chapter 2 and verse 1, I will stand upon my watch. My watch is my generation. Uh, The book of Acts, Paul was preaching around Acts 19. And he said that after David had served his generation, he fell on sleep. Amen. The The Lord told Dr. Oral Roberts, he said, take my healing power to your generation. Amen. And when his generation left the earth, He left the earth. The Lord told Dr. Lester Summerall, he said, show my strength to your generation. Show my strength to your generation. My watch is the generation that I've been placed in. My my watch is the people that I'm among right now. And my job is to declare the vision. Build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. We are to build faith in our generation. And that vision doesn't change generation to generation. It it follows each generation. Amen. I'm I'm working on another podcast called Faith of Our Fathers. I'm going to bring all the fathers in the faith that we have and bring them on the podcast and just talk to them for an hour or so. Because, Because why? The Bible says one of the worst things you can do is remove the old landmarks that were set by your fathers. Right? Why? Because you move away from vision. I say you move away from vision. Habakkuk says, stand up on my watch and set me up on the tower and I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I'm reproved or when I'm argued with. Now remember, God's not reproving him when people argue about the vision. He said, he'll tell me what to say. The Lord said, write the vision. Make it plain upon tables that he may run that read it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, notice, it shall speak. And not lie, though it tarry, wait on it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. It will not tarry. If you can't hold the vision, you won't last. 
If you can't hold the vision, you won't last. That's in any area of your life. But especially as it pertains to where are we going. If you can't hold the vision, you won't last. Because the vision orientates the activity of your life. Hebrews 11.3, we, we, we read that earlier. Build their faith, frame their world by the word of God. If I can't hold the vision, it won't last. I've run into ministers over the years that they'll, that they'll say, God told me this and God said this about our ministry and this is what God wants for our ministry. And then they'll talk to somebody else or go to somebody's conference and they'll come back from the conference with another vision. And then they'll try that for a while and then they'll get involved with somebody. Nobody else has my vision no, let me say it this way. Nobody else has a vision to give me. God can call me and connect me with a vision, right? But I don't go to a conference to get a vision. I get it from God. Right? Amen. I, I had a friend that pastored in, uh, uh, oh, where was it? Independence for a number of years. And, uh, and, and they now pastor somewhere else. I, I don't know where. But... They were constantly going from meeting to meeting. And they were getting involved with everybody else's vision. And my question always was, what's your vision? If, if you have a church that's a part of a fellowship, of course the vision of that fellowship splashes over on your church. It's part of your, the drivers of your church. But God will give that church a lane that it's supposed to be in. Amen. And, and they were always up and down and up and down and in and out and, 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 and struggling to, to do what God wanted them to do because another person's vision, Dr. Les Summerall said, my, my, another person's head is no place for my joy. Right? Your vision is not what drives me. It's the vision God gave me. Right? So if you can't hold the vision, you won't last. And, and that's in any area of your life. If you have goals, if you have plans, if you have directives, if you have a financial plan in your life, you have some, some kind of goals set up, if you can't hold to them, you won't last. And so it's always coming back and, and reorienting, reorientating yourself to bringing it back over to is that the vision? Hallelujah. My vision is not dull. My vision is not dull. Meaning, I'm more determined now to build people's faith and frame their worlds than I've ever been. More set, sharper, than ever. Hungrier for the things of God than I've ever been in my life. My vision is not dull. Say out loud. My vision is not dull. Amen. People will say, well, what, what happened to so-and-so? And why did so-and-so this? And why did they do that? And where have they been? They've lost the vision. It's just that simple. They've lost the vision. When you lose the vision, the activity in your life changes. Amen. But when the vision is not dull, you keep going the same direction. My vision is not covered up by something else. 
nor will it ever be. Not covered up by something else. You, 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 you can't allow the vision for your life, for your ministry, to become covered up by something else. Because that vision, I'm going to say this a lot, determines the activity of your life. Glory to God. Your vision cannot be hurt by somebody else. What's the vision God gave you? Amen. I, uh, I had a person come to uh, Pastor Marie Price, and y'all know Pastor Marie and Larry. I, I, they, they, came, they drove up and were with us last Sunday uh, in the Little Rock location. And we had a family here one year, and, and they were here, I think they were here for about a year, maybe two years. And uh, uh, <clears throat> they didn't like my straightforwardness too much. And uh, I understand that some people are not bent that way. But they started talking to Pastor Marie, and I was out of town doing something. I went somewhere, I think, to a, a meeting or something. And uh, Pastor Marie had, had uh, at that time, we had the minister's etiquette class. And she did the minister's etiquette class. And they came up to her afterwards, and they said, uh, you know, you're just as good a teacher as pastor. And, uh, you know, you're just as good as he is. We could really follow you. And Pastor Marie looked at him, I'll never forget, she looked at him and she said, you got to understand something. She said, this church can do without any of us, but it can't do without our pastor. Somebody's got to carry the vision. People can leave, people can go, the vision stays the same. Nobody can hurt my vision. If I don't let go of it, nothing can hurt the vision. Now the enemy, that's right. See, she's amening me. I'm her favorite preacher. Amen. Soon she'll figure out daddy's a preacher too and he'll be her favorite. But that's all right. Amen. Are you following me? Where was I at? Somebody help me. Where was I at? What's that? Pastor Marie? Glory to God. So people can leave, people can, can go, but nothing can hurt the vision because the vision stays the same. It's, 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 it's so important if you understand where you're going is where you've always been going. Nothing has changed. It brings a comfort to know where I'm going is where I've always been going. The vision will speak. Vision directs. A heavenly vision comes equipped with its own power source. In other words, our vision will produce itself. Let, let, let me break this down in, 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 in the, the definition of goals. If you, if you sit down and you work on goals for your life, and you write them out, and you put down the goals for your life, something begins to happen in you that begins to pull you towards the goal you've written down. Well, now, Pastor, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, you and 97% of Americans, only 3% of Americans have written goals. And 
Most Americans have no direction. A lot of Christians have no direction because they don't have a vision. God calls you to a church to be a part of that church, but to connect to the vision. That's why you are not just at faith builders, you are a faith builder. Right? And so a heavenly vision comes equipped with its own power source. Our vision will produce itself. The vision knows how to make itself come to pass. Knows how to make itself come to pass. My job is to preach the vision. My job is to stay with the vision. So every sermon, everything that we do, every class, every element of what we do, every prison service, every jail service, everything that we add is for the purpose of building faith and framing worlds by the word of God. Somebody will come and ask me, can we do this? And the first response out of my mouth is, how will that build faith? Tell me how it will build faith and we'll get it done. Because that's the vision. Build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. The vision knows how to make itself come to pass. If you get into trouble, you've strayed from the original vision. On, on whatever area that it may be. When you, when you see a church that isn't doing what they used to do, or isn't functioning like they were, or the power of God's not there like it was, they have strayed from the original vision. God honors those that stay with what He asked them to do. Hallelujah. Do you see this? There, there was a minister in... Uh, I believe around St. Joseph, if I remember correctly. And when he started his church, he said, the Lord told him, as long as you preach faith, your church will grow. And man, he did. He preached faith strong. And that church grew. I mean, he had some of the, the, the brightest and the best in there. Jerry Savelle, Joyce Meyer. I mean, R.W. Schambach. You, you name them. He had them. Word of faith. And somewhere he got off that vision. And he said, I started seeing that the word of faith theology was kind of thin. That was his words. And he started preaching something else. Lost most of his church. What did God say? What was his vision? As long as you build faith, your church will grow. As long as you preach faith, your church will grow. Now, who cares if somebody thinks my theology is thin if I'm doing what God told me to do? And if I'm staying with the vision, Right? Where are we going? Same place we've always been going. But in a greater fashion. Things that have picked up this season, that our ministries are doing more now in 2020 than we did all of last year. Hallelujah. Amen. We are having the best year financially ever. Why? Vision. I have, I have, I have had to fight. When, when, when everything started happening in the world, the first thing you want to do as a pastor is make sure everybody feels safe. But I would, I would try to preach about certain things. And you remember the Wednesday night that I was here. Remember we had 10 leaders up here. Some of y'all were there. 
Any of y'all there that night? And remember what we was teaching on? Faith looks beyond. Faith looks beyond. Right in the middle of, of what was going on. The Lord, I don't want to say He wouldn't let me. The Lord kept telling me from the very beginning, faith looks beyond. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. That's the vision of this body is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. And God will fund the vision. God will fund the vision. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. Remember I, t- I told you the story? The person that, that paid for the carpet? Well, they got a stimulus check from the government for their business. And you know what they said? But we're doing so great we didn't need it. So we sowed it into the kingdom. Isn't that great? Now, now why is that? They got a hold of the vision. Building faith and framing worlds by the word of God. And so if you go back and you listen to the messages through this season that the world's been on, you won't hear a lot of teaching about we're going to make it and everything's. You're going to hear a lot about faith looking beyond. You're going to hear a lot about being led by the Spirit. You're going to hear a whole lot on Pastor Michelle about rejoicing and being thankful and praising God, right? Hallelujah. Why? That's the vision. And so when, when you get people hooked up to the vision, things start coming to pass. And, and, what, and the flow of the vision begins to operate in your personal life. You don't prosper because of your affiliation with a church. You prosper because of your commitment to the vision. I've told people over the years, you cannot help but prosper when you come and hook your life up to this ministry. What, you don't agree? I know you do. But who prospers the most? Those that grab the vision. Right? Is that right? It's when you get a hold of the vision. Then that that victory begins to come into your life. Amen. We're, We're not quite done there. And so you you preach what the vision is. Hallelujah. If, If I listen to my pastor a lot, a whole lot, and uh, probably every day, probably every day. I know I listened to him yesterday. I listened to him today. I probably listen every day. On the way home, I'll, I'll listen to him about six hours. And I can't tell you the number of times that he will rehearse the vision. Pastored that church for 30 plus years. Always rehearsing the vision. God called us here. He said, I have given you this, given this city into your hands for the preaching of the gospel. Go back to Little Rock, Arkansas. Raise up a spiritual production center. Producing life, city, state, nation, and world. For I have given the city into your hands for the preaching of the gospel. 
Over and over again, he reminds the people, this is what we're doing. We're starting this new thing, and that's part of raising up a spiritual production center. We're going to start the television station. That's raising up a spiritual production center. We're raising up the educational building. That's part of raising up a spiritual production center. We're starting Agape School of World Evangelism. That's raising up a spiritual production center. He would always remind the people, we're doing this because it's part of the vision. This is another component of the vision. Everything that God has done and everything that God's doing in this ministry is part of that vision. When we do Faith Builders with Philip and Michelle Steele, that's not to be on TV, that's to build faith, that's part of the vision. When we do Constructores de Fe in Spanish, that is not just getting another television ministry out there, that's doing what God said, that's a component of our vision. Take the teachings of Kenneth Hagin and Charles Capps to the Hispanic community, that's what God told us to do and so that's what we're consistently doing and 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 when we started that ministry in Little Rock we started it for the Hispanic people and Pastor Michelle stood in that La Quinta and preached to nobody nobody was there and she would lead praise and worship in Spanish and preach for an hour in Spanish to no one to nobody and finally, he's our head usher now. Tavakal Ronagi came. Now, he's from Iran, but he looks Hispanic. And so he came, and he came up to Pastor Michelle, and she started talking to him in Spanish. And he said, I am not Spanish, ma'am. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. But you stay with the vision. The vision speaks. And now we got a growing Hispanic church. Right? It's, it's, it's steady growth, but it's growing. Because notice, if you get into trouble, you've strayed from the original vision. So you can't have just the English church seem to spring up overnight. And it did. But why did it spring up overnight? Because of the obedience to the vision. Amen. Amen. I I don't joke, it's the truth. I always tell my wife, you came here and broke up the ground, I came in and took the credit. (laughs) Amen. The vision. Am I helping you all with this? Glory to God. And then everything goes with that vision. We've revamped FBIMA this year. Brought it back to its original purpose. Amen. Amen. Because I saw something, we're straying from our purpose. And I, and I told the, 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 the people last year, I said, they said, what do we do about FBIMA? I said, we're not doing it this year. Because we've strayed from our purpose. And until we get it back to its purpose, we're, we're not doing what it needs to be doing. It's not building faith and framing worlds. It's become something that it's not supposed to be. And we trimmed it down and revamped it and took it back to that nine-month course. Amen. And men, people are signing up left and right in Arkansas. People are signing up here. We got, we got two young ladies signing up here that are, that are going to do it uh, uh, via uh, uh, live stream, internet, Zoom, however we've got to do it. But we're going to keep building faith. If more people sign up here, we, we have instructors here that I'm, I, I'm ready to give them the word and say, let's go teach that class. Amen. Why? Because I've spent years... Pouring the vision into those people. Jim and Carrie have the vision. Ron and Deborah have the vision. Dave and Michelle have the vision. 
Amen. Anthony and Tanya have the vision. They're not here tonight. His mother, his mother had to go to the hospital. But we're agreeing she's okay. Amen. They got the vision. Am I helping you? So where are we going? Better places. Bigger places. Greater places. Vision hasn't changed. Vision hasn't changed. Desire and ambition alone drive you. Vision guides you. You can have desire and ambition, but that'll drive you, but vision guides you. Hallelujah. Vision guides you. I hope I'm helping you. So wait for it. You know, there are things that I'm walking in after, well, December will be 22 full-time years of pastoring. There are things I'm walking in in my 22nd year that God talked to me about in my fifth year. You got to wait for it. I, I look out over this audience and I look out over this, this congregation, even with some of the changes that we've had to make and, 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 and the spacing that we've had to do in, in, in chairs. It won't be long. We'll have all the chairs back in here and be packed out again. But here's the point. Even, even with that, this morning, I mean, such a good turnout. Tonight, on Sunday night, such a good turnout. Why? Because you got the vision. You hear me? Don't cast it aside. Don't cast it aside. I was talking to a pastor one time, and he had transitioned his church over, and we were talking, we were walking, we were actually going on a trip, and we were walking through the the airport, and uh, we were just visiting uh, about some things, and we began to talk about vision, and and we were talking about the importance of vision. And uh, he shared with me something about, about his church, and he said, you know, the vision of our church, and he started talking about it, and he goes, well, that used to be the vision of our church. The vision changed. He transitioned, and the vision changed. Then the purpose changed. Vision and purpose go hand in hand. And when the vision of a ministry changes, Lord, help me say this right. God will bring somebody into that arena, into that area, to pick up the vision that was cast aside and thrown away because he never changes his mind about it. Remember what the Lord told me? I was praying, and he said, you were third. You know, and he wasn't saying you were third best. Right? That's not what he's saying. But he said, what did he say? I asked the two pastors before you to do what you're doing, and they wouldn't do it. Will you do it? So the vision of building faith and framing worlds by the word of God was given to two other men, and they wouldn't do it. Well, maybe they didn't know it. Does God lie? Does he make mistakes? He told me he asked the other two pastors to do what I'm doing. He told me that I was not his first choice to do what we're doing in Little Rock. But he said, you would do it. I asked him, I said, Lord, why us? He said, because when I ask you and Michelle to do something, you do it. Amen. Vision. You're here tonight because of vision. You're not just here because of the word. You're not just here because I'm such a great preacher, which I am. But you're here Because of vision. 
Because when you come here, something gets clarified. When you come here, you see things clearer than you were seeing them when you came. When you came here, you found purpose and you found direction and you found a reason for your life and ministry because you caught a vision and vision brings clarity. So wait for it. Don't cast it aside. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you it's not important. It is important. And, and what's happening in society today is the devil is lying to people and he's telling them the church isn't important. And what he's doing is separating them from vision. It's not just separating them from a church. He's separating them from vision. And if you can't see, you don't know where you're going. Amen. The more you hear it, the more it becomes a part of you. The more you hear it, the more it becomes a part of you. The more people hear it, the more it becomes a part of them. So I have to stay steadfast. I have to stay faithful. I have to stay with the vision. Hallelujah. So the first thing I have to do is be obedient to the heavenly vision. What did God ask me to do? What did God say to me? What did God give me to do to my church? For my church. Secondly, if you can't hold the vision, you won't last. Thirdly, don't let your vision become dull. I remember one time... And, uh, of course, my, uh, uh, my experience is not as far-reaching as some, but I was asked to come to a pastor's ministry. They, they wanted me to come and help them. And uh, I was talking to them, and, and uh, they kept telling me that they didn't have very many people coming to church. And I said... It doesn't matter how many people you have coming to church. You have to get up and you have to talk about your vision. What you're going to do. Where you're going. The direction that you're headed. I can't tell you the times that I would come into this church on Wednesday night and there would be eight people. And four of those were ushers. That's not an exaggeration. And people say, what would you do? Preach vision. Preach about how we're going to touch the world. Preach about how we're going to touch the nations. And and that core group, that core group caught the vision. And the thing just started growing. And and so I told him, you got to preach vision. You got to preach your vision. And, And I was just a guest minister. I'm not an evangelist. I'm a pastor. So it comes natural to me. And I took a week and just talked about what that church could do. By the time that meeting ended, they had tripled their attendance. Because somebody was saying something that people could grab a hold of and see a direction. You know, it wasn't long after that, though, the church closed. No vision. Where there is no vision, people perish. 
It's important. I remember I had a friend of mine that pastored in Ellsworth, Kansas, and he came to visit with me. And one day I was talking to him, and he was asking me questions about the ministry. And finally he was in my office, and I looked at him, and I said, uh, how often do you preach vision? Because he wanted people to get fired up about the things of God. I said, how often do you preach vision? And he said, well, I, I don't know that I ever have. I don't even know, that I, I, don't even know that, I, that I have a vision. I said, well, there's your problem. If you don't have a vision, how can you lead people into what you're doing? You can't. Is it any wonder he's not at that church anymore? That church closed. That church is non-existent. Without a vision, people perish. I had a good friend of mine that pastored in uh, Missouri. And he's, he's in heaven now. And uh, 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 I, would always, I would always talk to him about these things. Preach and vision. Well, he was an evangelist. And he wanted to get people saved. And, and listen, that's what, that's what we're all here for. And I, I understand that. And, and, but I would talk to him about vision and talk to him about where are you going and what are you doing. And, and, and what was more important was the temporal. What was more important was what we can do for people right now and help them meet their physical needs. That's not a vision. That's not a vision. Feeding the hungry is not a vision. It's a responsibility of the church. Not a vision. Not a vision. I had a friend of mine in Iola, Kansas that pastored a church and he invited me to minister for him and I went and ministered for him. And uh, uh, on the back wall of his church on the other side in the foyer was the vision. And he, and he had, here's the vision of our church to have a 3,000 seat sanctuary, to have this, to have, that's not vision. Those things come with the vision. That's not vision. That might be a desire and a goal, but remember what I said? Uh, 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 let me find it. Desire and ambition drive you. Vision guides you. So you can drive yourself to have a, a new sanctuary. You can drive yourself to have these different components of ministry, but that's not vision. That's to aid you facilitate the vision. Everything that we're doing in the Ezra project, that's not the vision. That's so we can expand the vision. That's so we can expand the vision. So where are we going? Where have we been going? Faster than ever. Faster than ever. Hallelujah. The Lord said something to me, and I'm going to say it. And I haven't been saying anything because the Lord said to me one time, He said, say nothing before the time. And I was praying about different things. And I'll tell you what I was praying about. I was praying because, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk in the world, you know, about uh, what's going to happen in the fall. And, and you know, uh, uh, I don't even like to talk about it, but, you know, a second wave. And I was praying about that. And it kept coming to me that in World War II, a man named Reese Howells, intercessor, Wrote a, wrote a powerful, powerful book about his life. was written called Reese Howell Intercessor. And uh, when the bombing raids would be coming towards London, him and that group of people that in his school would pray. And they never lost any of their property and never lost any of their people. Amen. They, they would pray. They would see what the, the Axis powers were doing and they would pray and miraculously something would happen. 
when Hitler invaded Russia, Reese Howells and his people went to prayer, and it was the most staggering defeat he ever had. And I was thinking about that, and, and I, I was just praying in my office at home in my study. I was laying on the floor, and I was praying, and I said, Now, Lord, I, I understand what people are saying, but we can turn this. And the Lord said this to me. I'm just telling you, this is, this is where my thinking is. You do what you want to do with it. The Lord said this to me. He said, this virus is weak and getting weaker. That's what he told me. I haven't said, I, this is the first time I've said that publicly. That's what he said. Yeah, but you know, they, no, 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 no. The Lord will tell you what to say about the future. Mark my words. Amen. Hallelujah. And, 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 don't, and, and, and listen, people have given me a hard time because of what the Lord said. He said, in the fifth month, I'm going to show my grace to the people that have largely forgotten me. But I'm going to show them my grace. Right? I get a weekly email from, well, it's, I say, it is from the White House. It's called 1600 Daily. And uh, uh, they, they talk about things that you don't hear on the news. You know, people talk about how bad things are. Have you heard that the number of admittances to the hospital because of COVID is down 75%? Down 75%. Pfizer has come out. They have received like a $2.9 billion agreement. They're working on the final stages of a vaccine. They're hoping to roll it out around October, and they're going to give it to 100 million Americans free. Now, people say, what's that got to do with vision? The enemy will try to cloud your vision by making you believe that everything's horrible. There's nothing we can do. Oh, my God, batten down the hatches. Shut the church. Don't, don't get around anybody. Don't talk to anybody. Because after all, it's so bad. It's a lot better than people think it is. Your vision does not go into hibernation because the world faces a challenge. And I'm not telling you not to be cautious, and I'm not telling you to be foolish. It's not what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you to rebel against any ordinance. It's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you that you got, you, you, got to, you got to listen with the spiritual ear about what's being said and stick with the vision. Amen. Why? Because we got to keep going. He said, remember what he said? He said, he said that there were going to be people looking for answers. He said the babies were going to line up outside the doors and they were going to need knees to bounce them on. They were going to need people to feed them, people to change them, people to take care of them. You're them. He said the harvest of souls would be great. So what's he got us focused on? The harvest. The people that are coming expanding. This is not the time to start thinking about how much you can shrink back. It's time to start thinking about how you can expand and get ready for what's coming. Because it's coming. He said the youth movement was on the way. 
I said, he said, the youth movement was on the way. He told me it's going to be like the Jesus movement, only with a word of faith influence. I believe that. It's coming. I said, it's coming. But somebody's got to stand up and proclaim the vision. Write the vision. Make it plain so they can run that read it, because the vision will speak. Amen. I believe God. Thank you, Jesus. My vision is not covered up with something else. My vision is not covered up with something else. Hallelujah. Do you see this? And that's why you just, you got to keep the message simple. Just like we learned it. When I was sitting on the front row and the Lord said to me, he said, if you stay with your fathers, you'll stay safe. That is, is it okay if I talk about that for a moment? That is a driving force in my life. I had a person come to the church one time in, in Little Rock, and it was on a Wednesday night, and I didn't know him, and I happened to be walking to some, somewhere. And uh, they told me, they said uh, that they used to go to uh, uh, Agape when pastor was there and uh, was the pastor. And they said, yeah, I worked with Happy and Jeannie in the ministry. Well, right there, you lost me because they're not Happy and Jeannie. Their pastor and Miss Jeannie. If you ever call my pastor by his first name, I don't trust you. Because it's not a term of respect. You ever do my pastor wrong, I don't trust you. Because that's disrespectful. Amen. Now you say, why is that important? Because you stay with your fathers and you stay safe. You stay with your fathers and you stay safe. That's part of maintaining the vision. Right? Remember what he said in the book of Proverbs? He said, don't remove the old landmarks that were set by your fathers, by your fathers, by your fathers. And when you maintain that in your life, Hallelujah. Then the vision stays straight. The vision stays straight. And you're listening to people that are of like precious faith and are of like vision. Amen. There are things you don't need to be listening to because they hinder your vision. They hinder what God wants you to do. They hinder what God's trying to say. Amen. I don't have time to fill my mind with everything that's going on in the world and then come try to preach vision to you. This, this is what I'm doing. My life, listen, I'm, I'm doing what God told me to do. I, I, I saw one minister, he, he put on Facebook, he said, uh, now I don't have Facebook, but, but this was an email that I get from uh, uh, Tony Cook, who used to be with Brother Hagin's ministry, has his own ministry now. And uh, this guy had, had set this out there. He said, uh, don't send me any conspiracy theories. Don't send me anything about the government has a secret agenda and all these things. He said, I don't have time for it. He said, I'm writing books. 
I'm preaching messages. I'm recording videos. People are going to hell. People need hope. People need help. And I got folk, I'm focused on that. Somebody sent me a, a, a message not too long ago with a conspiracy theory and said, what do you think about this? And I said, I don't. I don't. I don't have time for it. Why? The vision, listen to me, must consume you. It has to consume you. It's what keeps you orientated. It's what keeps you going the right direction. And when things rise up and things occur and things come and issues come up and challenges come up, the vision gets you through it. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's where we're going. Because one day, folks, listen, one day you're going to wake up and everything's going to be changed. Oh, yes, it will. Amen. Amen. One, one, one day you'll go in Walmart and won't see a mask one. And, and I don't, listen, I don't have a, so I, I agree, somebody said hallelujah, right? And, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not being petty, I'm not, I'm not against, I've, listen, I've got a mask in my car, I'm not, right? But understand why I'm saying this to you. Because when you start taking something else on, it hurts your vision. And I want you to know as your pastor, I don't have time for it. We got something to do. I got young men in our church, young women in my church that need what I have. I don't have time to have a divided focus. Amen. I got, I got young ministers in my church that need me pouring into them. For, for all you guys that used to attend this, we're going to start Zooming Father Circle again. Every month. Amen. The only thing you won't get is food. You can, you can make your own food up. Man, I used to feed those guys good. Honey glazed salmon. Sushi bar. Hallelujah. I didn't know if they was coming for me or the food, but it sure was good fellowship. What you do is feed them first, and then they get so tired they, they can't move. And <laughs> Jeremy and Jamie used to come over, and they'd, they'd get a one plate, and they'd come directly from work. And then I'd say, well, they, and, and then I'd say, well, y'all can have another one. And, and, and Jeremy's like, praise God. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And then, of course, Jeremy's like, I got a praise report. I had another plate. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And Jim would ask, what's in this? But my point is, we got a lot to do. We got a lot to do. So we're not drawing back. Not drawing back. Not drawing back. We just recently hired a, a, a young man to do our, help us produce our Spanish broadcast. And he comes in uh, once a month and, and spends a large part of the day helping us do our Spanish broadcast. I'm praying real seriously about daily television. 
Real, we're, we're pressing into it. I'm, I'm, I'm not giving you an idea of when. I don't know when. But I'm telling you, we're not drawing back. We're not going to draw back. People need the gospel now more than they've ever needed it. And they need the word of faith. Brother Jerry said something. Is this okay if I share this with you? Brother Jerry said something. He said that the Lord told him that there's coming a revival of the word of faith. And that as this thing starts slow, slowing down, the word of faith is going to gain ascendancy. It's coming. And we are perfectly positioned to be right there. Perfectly positioned to do it. Hallelujah. So I believe God. I believe God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.